Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now it's time for Court Dishy and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 1037-WEI. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. Scott Cordishi on the road with the Brown Bears in Philadelphia. Nick Coit back in his uh, Smithfield condo. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Scotty, what's up? How you doing? Oh, wonderful. How are you, my friend? I, I gosh, you know, I was I was kind of out and about last night uh, after work, and I checked the score of the Brown game, and I said, ooh, I got to put this on. And I think I chose the wrong time to put the game on. So it might be my fault. I, I might have jinxed it, Scott. I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, it was one of those games where they literally deserved a better fate, uh, and even Mitch Henderson was telling the Brown players and coaches in the line after the game when they were shaking hands, saying Brown outplayed Princeton, and they did. Uh, they really got screwed by the officials. I, I hate to complain about refs, but when one team shoots 31 free throws and the other team, the road team, Brown, shoots five, you can't have that. I mean, it was a 26 free throw discrepancy in the game. Princeton, 26 of 31 from the line. Brown, two for five from the free throw line. Brown outshot him from the field. Brown outshot him from three. Brown out-rebounded him. Brown outplayed him. But the officials had other ideas. You know, it was five on eight. And and that's what happened last night. And that would have been a great win. Their effort, Nick, was really, really good for 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like switching up, you know, some of the uh, the rotation a little bit, you know, by Mike Martin was, uh, you know, I that was the first thing I noticed. I said, wow, okay, here's the, here's the score. And I looked and I was like, oh, boy, okay. He switched things up here, uh, you know, two guys, to, you know, in the starting five that aren't usually there. Um, yeah, I- interesting. Um, you know, I mean, maybe maybe they bottled it up, found something uh, that they can take in today against Penn. But, um, 
yeah, a, a shame because it, it really did seem like they, they had a good night in terms of their, their efforts. It really been, would have been a, a good one to get for the Bears if they could have grabbed it. Uh, tonight's game is absolutely imperative. I mean, you know, right now the Bears are two games out of that fourth and final spot in the Ivy League, which makes it to the Ivy Tournament. So, you know, one of the teams that they have to deliver a knockout blow to is the Penn Quakers, a team they beat a couple of weeks ago back in Providence. And uh, you got to win tonight. You, you just can't let now Columbia standing in fourth place alone. They're one game up on Harvard, and they host Harvard tonight. You just can't let that fourth-place team create any type of separation. Um, so tonight's game becomes very important for the Bears. Yeah, we'll see. Um, trying to keep themselves in the race, um, you know, and that's that's the interesting part of this year uh, when when we get to college basketball. We're in the second half of, of February. Is that you know we're that much closer to March, and and obviously with some of the teams here, um, you know, in different scenarios, different positions. Uh, I think probably the biggest game in the state today uh, is is probably Bryant and and UMass Lowell. Uh, that's a huge one. The Bulldogs are really setting themselves up in a position to, um, you know, try to make a run here in America East, sitting in second place. If they can beat UMass Lowell, then they're really setting themselves up potentially for, you know, if they can take care of business here down the stretch, you know, maybe at least two home games in the America East playoffs. That's that's huge. So today's game in Smithfield is is a big one. They beat Maine the other night. Uh, another good performance, even with Earl Timberlake, their best player, in foul trouble. Um, they're, they're still able to, to pull things out. He was on the bench, I think, for about probably 12, 13 minutes, uh, and they get got good contributions, uh, particularly from Danny Rivera. So big game for them today. And then, of course, the Friars are trying to keep themselves on pace here, uh, squarely on the bubble for the NCAA tournament and have the ball tonight, so they got to take care of business too. Yeah, no, and you mentioned Bryant. Uh, they now enter just a, a brutal stage of their schedule. UMass Lowell at home today and then road trips back-to-back to to Vermont and UMass Lowell. So they will face the iron of America East over the next three games. And and like you said, maybe this will determine, you know, how many home games they get in the America East tournament uh, and and whether or not they have a chance to win it. I mean, you know, look, if they beat UMass Lowell today, you know, now you go to Burlington, you win, and you're tied for first place all of a sudden. So – uh, not out of the question. And, and this UMass Lowell team, which is very good, they, they've been struggling a little bit of late. So uh, they could be vulnerable today. You know, Brian, I give them a lot of credit because unlike this Brown team, which has lost a lot of close games this year, Brian's done just the opposite. They've been winning a lot of close games. And that main game the other night, I watched it on the bus ride down here uh, to, to New Jersey and, and now Philadelphia. And, you know, they just they find a way to get it done. And, you know, I think Phil Martelli Jr., we've talked about it before, has done a fine job of the Bulldogs. And, you know, obviously they're their NCAA tournament fate will be sealed in the postseason tournament because it's a one big bid league. But I wasn't sure what the season would be like after all the stuff they went through with Jared Grasso's departure during the offseason. But Bryant's played very well, and they put themselves in a position where they are one of the contenders to win the America East title. Well, we, we talk about it on um, the college basketball podcast I do with Bill Koch all the time, and it's the big thing with Bryant – and, and I think, you know, a great thing when it comes to, you know, particularly a college basketball team is if you can identify your your roles on the team and your rotation early on in a season, it can really benefit you because guys can sort of settle into those roles. They can define those roles. They can, you know, 
they can do things to make themselves even better, knowing what they can bring to the team. And I think Bryant, with the team that they have, identified that really early this season, and I think it's really benefited them, particularly, you know, recently. And, you know, I, I think their guys that come in off the bench are, you know, significant contributors, significant. Um, and that's that's huge for any team, you know, that's trying to compete for any sort of league title. And, and Brian's gotten some signature wins this season and um, looking for more here the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, even, even when roles do change during a season, um, you know, if, if guys can, you know, put more on their shoulders and put more on their plates, like a Devin Carter or Josh Aduro with PC, um, you know, they, they can, they could figure things out as they go. And that's that's the credit I give to Kim English and the Friars is that, you know, they had to sort of redefine things in January once Bryce Hopkins went down and they've still been able to keep themselves in the bubble conversation. And um yeah, again tonight gotta gotta take care of business against DePaul. Um, but the the Friars are are right there. It's so interesting, Scott, to look at all the the metrics and and bracketologists and see where everybody's got the Friars. They're squarely on the bubble. I mean, it's oh, like they, they, are, they, they are a bubble team if there ever was one right now. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's wild to see. Well, like, you know what the funny thing is? Like, so the Big East, I think, in one of the latest projections I saw, the Big East has four teams in, but they've got like four teams that are either in the first first four or next four out. So, you know, they, they've got, you know, four teams in. They've got a potential of getting possibly eight. You know what I mean? Wild. It's wild. And that's why some of these games coming up are – you know, really important, you know, when it comes to staying on the right side of the bubble, you know, because that's why the St. John's win this week was huge, huge, right. because St. John's is one of those teams. Providence sort of leapfrogs them and says, okay, well, you know, we're on the right side here. Um, obviously disappointed to not get the, the game at Butler when you had the lead there last weekend without Josh Duro. They played so well, um, you know, and that obviously would have helped their, their conversation, their resume, but you know, they're right there. And, you know, games coming up with Villanova and Xavier will be will be important and crucial too. And, you know, so it's it's interesting. And if the Friars get there, I mean, holy cow. I mean, with what they've had to deal with this season, um, it's a it's a heck of a road, it's a heck of a stretch to get there. So, you know, I mean, realistically, if you can get to ten and ten uh in the conference and then maybe win a game at the uh at the Big East tournament, you set yourself up well uh for selection Sunday to see where See if you could land on the right side of the bubble, but uh, that's the exciting yeah. part of this 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 part of the year is we're we're getting that close, which is awesome. And Nick, the the one local team we haven't mentioned, uh, the Rhodey Rams, they've got a big game tomorrow against uh, you know one of the top teams in the Atlantic Ten in Illinois, uh, Chicago. So that that'll be an interesting one tomorrow at the Ryan Center. Yeah, and and you know it's a team that continues to sort of find its find its identity, establish its culture. And I actually thought, you know, talking to Archie Miller yesterday, you know, they lost at UMass last weekend, but Scott, the way that the game ended, they had a chance to win it at the end, you know, sort of battled and stayed in the fight. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, their most, you know, their best performance complete. They didn't win the game. But a couple months ago, that might have been a game where the Rams were like kind of deflated and they didn't stay in the fight. So it, right. it sort of seemed like a, a sign of progress, you know, from this group. And, um, you know, now you get a shot at one of the, the teams that's been really, really good um, in, in Loyola, Chicago. And, um, 
you know, I, I was asking um, Coach Miller yesterday just about the, the transfers that Loyola Chicago brought in. Got a couple of Ivy League guys, um, you know, Dame Adelican being one of them, guy that was at Dartmouth. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, it's it's he's got a lot of respect for the Ivy League. And it's because, you know, they they have guys that develop, um, you know, over the course of a career. And then, you know, they're very, very experienced when they go in as grad transfers to other programs. It's, you know, th- that that helps uh, in, in terms of having good seasons. Guys are just pretty pretty experienced they know they've been there they've seen it and you know so that's that certainly helped Loyola Chicago but the the Rams get a shot at a big dog in the conference tomorrow and you know we'll we'll see but you know I think they they want to finish strong you know Rody wants to finish strong you know get some decent wins set themselves up for the A-10 tournament and you know maybe getting a you know a couple wins in in New York and that that would be a a nice thing in terms of progress going forward. And Nick, something I wanted to talk to you about, it is college basketball related, was the ceremony at the AMP yesterday. And I'm sorry that I was out of town with Brown Basketball and wasn't able to be there uh, to join you for that. But the uh, media room at the AMP was named in honor of the late Bill Reynolds. It was really, uh, really classy, really classy. Uh, the, the press conference yesterday was, I thought it was great that it was a, a joint effort there yesterday to um you know not only rename um the the media room at the amp in honor of bill reynolds but also the announcement that the the interscholastic league is bringing the high school division basketball championships back to the amp which is awesome i I think it's great that these teams will have the chance to play for their division titles you know on a on a big stage on a big court you know in the big arena downtown um, and the state championships will still be at the Ryan Center, which is great. But, you know, now it gives those teams that, you know, maybe Division Three, Division Four, you know, having good seasons there in their leagues, they have a chance to go and play on a big stage. And that's that's pretty cool, along with the, you know, the bigger schools and the and the uh, the bigger teams. But yeah. um, it's something that Bill Reynolds would have really, I think, enjoyed because obviously Billy, you know, spent. How, how many nights a week in, in local gyms? Seven oh, nights man. a week? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> as as yeah. I put in my, when I retweeted your post uh, of the dedication ceremony yesterday, I said, you know, nobody's more deserving of this honor than Bill. He was, by every definition of the phrase, a true basketball junkie. I mean, that was his love. I mean, he, he just loved the sport, and he would go to any and every local college and high school game that he could during the winter months if if he – had an open night, he would be at a basketball game. Uh, what was really cool, I mean, what I was taken aback by, Scott, was I thought, okay, the media room at the amp, maybe it's just like a nice nameplate, maybe it's got a picture of Bill, something like that. And that and that to me would have been like, that's a really cool honor, really nice, we see his name, whatever. The fact that they basically decked out the entire surrounding of the doors that enter the yeah. media room with quotes and and information about Bill and and his pictures and some of his I mean it was just really really cool it's really cool and and I I thought they did a great job with it it was a great idea uh, I think it was Larry Lapore uh, who who came up with the idea for it um, that, and then it was executed and obviously the state had had the backing and um, signed the bill to to basically basically make it official and you know the governor was there and. Just to see all the people and and some of the former Projo writers and and people that worked with Billy, um, you know, you could see how much he meant to to everybody here in the uh, in the local sports community. So, 
really, really cool, really classy. It was a, a fitting tribute to uh, Bill Reynolds, and hopefully you get to see it soon, Scott, because it's it's uh, it's really cool. And we'll get to see it every time we cover any sort of games at the Amp, which is a really nice reminder of, of his impact. Well, looking forward to it, that is for sure. So um, we've got basketball on the table to start of the college variety. In the NBA, it is All-Star Weekend, Nick, and – you know, really not much to say about the Celtics or Bruins other than what we've been saying all season long. You know, they're both rolling along. They both appear to have very strong teams for the Celtics. You know, the top record in the NBA for the Bruins tied for second in the National Hockey League in terms of their record. And really the question is going to become and, and how they're going to be measured is how they perform in the postseason. How far do they go in the playoffs, right? So we could talk about, well, they could use this, they could tweak that. But the bottom line is what they do in the postseason is really going to shape our opinions of them. The bees have struggled a little bit here, though. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break, four out of five they've lost here. and At home, too, Nick. I know. It's, it's a seven-game homestand, and they've lost four or five. This is, uh, this is an interesting little stretch here. Um, you know, because I, I think it's, it's so funny. It, maybe it's just so jarring because they've been so good for – a year and a half, maybe even more, um, during the regular season. They've just taken care of business. So this is, uh, yeah, this is a really interesting stretch. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the, the bees play themselves out of it. Um, maybe the first real challenge here, and um, you know, for for Jim Montgomery getting his team going because they don't usually have stretches like this. It hasn't happened much. So you know, what's going wrong? I don't know. I. I you know, their their efforts the first couple of games, they just didn't look in sync, um, particularly right out of the break there. I think it was the Calgary game, um, you know, and Jim Montgomery said as much. Uh, I don't know. The, the, just, the sharpness hasn't been there. Swayman you know, seems off break. coming out of the break also. And that's what I was going to say. The goaltending, yes. the defense hasn't been great. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're interesting right now just to see where they go from – you know, this little rut that they're in, but it's a good, you know, look, it's a good thing. I mean, having another, we're going to have another historic regular season where they just run away with things. You know, what, what is, what does that do? Maybe a little battle test for this team is, is a good thing. Maybe it, it sort of helps some guys, you know, find some things and, and get back on track. So um, yeah, interesting. The Celtics, they've just been rolling along. So <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you want to join us and, and we could talk about anything this morning, I, I do want to get into some other stuff as well. One other college basketball note, and this is worth mentioning too, and this will make Ed Gonzalez happy. Uh, Caitlin Clark and uh, what she did, setting the women's college basketball scoring record earlier this week, 49 points in that home game against Michigan, and the record-breaking shot was uh, another one of her patented three-pointers from pretty much the logo just over midcourt. Here's what I'll say about Caitlin Clark. I really love, and I'm going to say the same thing as we transition into our recap of Super Bowl 58 and the Kansas City Chiefs. I really love watching greatness, and I appreciate greatness. Like, you know, being such a sports fan over the years, and, you know, I know the Patriots were, were that for 20 years, you know, and they, they were the hated villain. Well, they were hated in, in large part because of their greatness, because all they did was keep winning, and people were getting sick of seeing them on top. I love watching greatness. I love watching people like Caitlin Clark, or in the case of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think it's awesome. It's great. It's great, and she's uh, she's such a great ambassador for the sport. Um, and I mean, that shot was awesome. 
<laughs> it was it was unbelievable. And then she goes out and scores 49 the whole night. It's like to get to where she's at. I mean, you have to average. I think it's like 32 points a game in your college career. Like that is insane. Insane. So special player. Um, and she's going to I mean, she's going to aim for Pete Maravich's record for all time college scoring period. I mean, that that is. Yeah, that's that's really really cool. Um, she's bringing a lot of attention to the sport, which is great too. And did um, her game the other day outrate the Celtics game? Probably. Uh, who... That's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, when the Nets didn't show up, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised. I think it was the were. Celtics Heat her her game. Uh, oh, was sure. it? Yeah. Uh, well, which one was that? Because it wouldn't have been the Michigan game. They didn't say play the same night. Might have been Sunday no. before the Super Bowl, maybe. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Well, I mean, hey, good. That's great. It's just bringing a lot of attention to the sport. It it is, and she's uh, she's really she's really fun. She's really fun. She's got a great personality too. Um, yeah, it's it it can only be a good thing, and we'll continue to watch here. And and you're right, Scott. Greatness is a is a fun thing to watch. That's why I've enjoyed, and I know we'll talk about it this morning too. Uh, the first couple episodes of the Dynasty, and looking back yeah. at some of the greatness that we had around here. Yeah, yeah, I want to get into that as well. I, I happened to watch the first two episodes in my hotel room at Princeton yesterday, figuring that we might want to talk about it this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, The Dynasty, uh, which is a docu documentary or docu-series on Apple TV about the New England Patriots' 20-year run of greatness. They released episodes one and two yesterday. Is Are they releasing one a week? Is that kind of the plan after this, or do you know? I think, it, I think it's two a week. I think yeah, it's yeah two I believe weeks, it's two. Up five weeks. Weeks. Okay, so yeah. every week another two episodes. I mean, I read the book, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, most of it is taken from that. Um, but, you know, and obviously it's a lot of stuff that we know. But I love the behind-the-scenes comments that you get from the former players and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Ty Law and Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi and, you know, all those guys, Adam Vinatieri. I mean, that's the neat stuff. But we'll, we'll get into that on the other side, and we'll get into the Super Bowl 58 fallout as well. If you want to join us, let's open up those phone lines right now, 401-777-1037 is the phone number if you want to call us. That's 401-777-1037. You can reach us on the text line this morning as well. That number is 37937. We'll take a quick break. And we'll come back with your phone calls. You're listening to Cordishian Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.